What a blessing to see each and every one of you here this morning. I, uh, as always, I truly pray that God just richly blesses you and encourages you today. So good to see the kids. Good, good to see new visitors, new faces. You're so welcome. Such a blessing. And just pray that each person just receives what God has for them this morning. We were talking in Sunday school a little bit. I, I made the comment that every spiritual truth that we understand can only come from God. So when we gain something that's in spiritually or, or spiritually enlightening to our heart, God has spoken to us. God has told us something he wants us to know because we can't get that understanding outside of God. And so I pray for that for you this morning, that something, whether it's relative to the message or outside the message, because sometimes the Holy Spirit will work completely around the message and talk to people about completely different things during the service. But if we hear something from God, that's spiritually enlightening. It's from him, and we can praise God for that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for each person here today. And as I was saying, Father, I pray that you would just bless each person, uh, that they would uh, feel your presence, that they would uh, be fed by your word, that they'd be touched by your spirit, that you would reveal insights and truths and, and words of encouragement or comfort or hope or all the things that we need, Father, to help bolster each one of us up to be more in love with you, more bold for you. And I just pray, Father, you're honor that. Bless the message and touch my tongue. Help me to speak clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you know Buzz Lightyear? Okay, we've got some people that are really, yeah, I'm not going to tell you I have Buzz Lightyear pajamas because I don't. But Buzz Lightyear is a theme, if you will, for our message this morning. And yes, it will be biblical. You will see a biblical theme. There's a catchphrase in the movie, and I don't know if you remember the catchphrase. It was first noted in the first story in the movie back in 1995, and it eventually spread from him to other characters uh, as they would catch on and the other characters would, would say that particular catchphrase. It's a catchphrase that we should learn as believers in Christ, that we should learn to live by and spread out to other Christians. We need to have this catchphrase in, in our vocabulary or in our prayer life or in our daily walk or wherever we can see God using this catchphrase. It's the title of our message this morning, which is To Infinity and Beyond. When I was asking you if you knew the catchphrase, did you already know it? <laughs> okay, I didn't see it up on the board. <laughs> so anyway, so, but have you ever thought about what to infinity and beyond means. What does that catchphrase mean to us spiritually as Christians, or even just in what, what's being said in the title itself? Infinity is endless and therefore cannot be reached. Isn't that right? Infinity is non-stopping. It's just continually going. It cannot be reached. So to go beyond infinity represents limited <laughs> possibilities. You're getting an idea about the message. But I want to look at some examples of this in Scripture, the infinity of God, the power of God. Psalm 147.5 says this, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite, infinite. Psalm 145.3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. And in 1 Kings 8.27 it says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of the heavens cannot contain you. 
how much less this temple which I have built. The universe that we know, the universes that we don't know, the earth as we know it, and everything between us and God's throne in heaven cannot contain the glory of God. So we think about the greatness of God. How amazing is that? God is infinite. His knowledge is infinite. His power is, is great. His greatness is infinite or unsearchable, and nothing can contain God. He is infinite in size. Our God is infinite, all-powerful, insurmountable, and he's our God. He's your God as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have him to rely on, and we can trust him because he is able in all things. So as we talked about last week, he desires oneness with us. Now think about that for a moment. I just said God is infinite, insurmountable, immeasurable. He is beyond our comprehension of greatness and power, and God wants us to be one with him. We talked about that Jesus prayed that prayer to the Father, that he wanted all of us to be one with him, not to become gods, but to be one in him, united in him, in mind, thought, action, purpose, and who we are in character and, and God. And so... The fact that God wants us to be one with him is a mind-blowing reality. Not just, a, not just a possibility, not just a hope, not just a fanciful thought, but God doesn't desire anything that he has not already given us the ability to experience or to have in him now. We can be one with God in spirit, can't we? We can walk, what does that mean? I, we receive Christ as our Savior when we acknowledge that we're sinners and we need to ask God to forgive us and come live in our heart and be our Savior. And we have the Spirit of God indwelling us and we're living temples of God. But then it's another thing for us to walk circumspectly where we're walking very carefully one step at a time, making sure that we're walking close with God. So whether it be decisions that are in front of us, we're very we scrutinize very clearly underneath this, the Holy Spirit leadership as we talk to God, what steps you want us to take, Lord. But also being aware of God's presence and being close to him in every aspect of our Christian walk, that's important for us to remember. In Christ, we are one with an infinite God. We are in him. He is in us. And with God, we can go to infinity and beyond. There's that, there's that saying, right? Infinity and beyond and have limitless possibilities based on God's will for us. It's really important you understand that we, can, we have God to rely on to do the impossible. I think that's one of the, the, the thesis points of my message today is to remember that God, our Heavenly Father, he lives inside of us, that we have him and we can rely on him to do the impossible. When we experience the impossible of God, it's simply saying that beyond our capabilities, beyond who we are in character, beyond the circumstance that we have no control of, God has his power and control over, and he can work miraculously in our lives. And when we experience those, those, those situations where God is working powerfully beyond who we are, our faith grows. So God can do the impossible. God can do what he wants to do. But we must understand that whatever God's will is, is what we have to trust. We can't just look at God 
and say, God, this is what I want, therefore I believe in you, and I know you can do it. I know you can do it, yes. But I believe in you, yes. We can't coach God to do what we want, but when we know what God is telling us that he will do, then we can trust him to do it. So when we're looking at a, a situation that's, that's beyond us, and God has already told us that he's going to take care of it, we can trust him to do it, even if we don't have the answer. Amen? So praise God. Those are Christian experiences that build our faith and our relationship with God. With God, we can go to, the, go to infinity and beyond and have limitless possibilities based on God's will for us, as I was emphasizing. So as I've been talking about over the last few weeks, we need to draw close to God. God wants us to grow, grow closer and closer to him. If our heart seeks after God and says, I want to be close to you, God will not deny that. If our heart is sincere then, and being close to God, then we'll find ourselves becoming closer to him. So we talked about drawing closer to God over the last few weeks. We talked about eliminating barriers in our life that hinder our closeness with him. Obviously, known sin in our life that we need to confess and repent of. God sometimes will, will point things at us that, that is part of our character that he wants to develop, that we need to work on to help remove the barriers of, uh, that interfere with God doing the work that he wants to do in and through our lives. And these barriers can also be along the lines of being complacent or stubborn or sin, or guilt, or shame, or wounds, or scars. We talked about that over the last few weeks. All these things are barriers that we need to take to God because God is limitless in his power and his ability to help us get past those barriers, get past the scars, get past all the things that hinder our relationship with God. So again, we need to remove the barriers like complacency and stubbornness, sin, guilt, shame, wounds, and scars. Because what happens is that if we, do, if, we, if we remove those scars, then our heart, will, our spiritual heart, will be much more pliable, much more functional to operate to accomplish what God wants to do in our life. Remember I talked about my heart not being able to flex because of its condition? right? So it limits my heart's ability. Our spiritual heart can be limited because of those scars or those issues that we face that God wants us to get rid of through him. When we take the steps and initiative to say, God, I acknowledge that. I want that out of my way. I want that out of your way. I don't want anything in the way of me and you. Then the spiritual heart is now free to really be responsive to the prompting and the work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. So, there's another type of barrier that I didn't mention. Okay? I mentioned all those things, but there's another barrier that I did not mention. And it hinders our closeness and oneness with God that can keep us from going to infinity and beyond. Have any idea what it might be? We know sin, we know experiences and scars, we know heartaches, we know shortcomings, we know circumstances, all these things, relationships, things like that can be barriers that interfere with God's work in our life because we cling to those. We need to deal with that and get rid of that. But what is it that we need the most? 
faith. Faith. Faith, again, does not manipulate the hand of God. We cannot tell God, I had faith and you let me down. But we're to have faith in God and what his perfect will is. We can have faith in God that he's all-powerful. Faith in God that he loves us beyond measure. Faith in God that he is the one who knows our circumstance and can direct us and take care of things the way he wants to and that we can rejoice in what he's doing, trusting that what he's doing is best because he's holy, he's just, he's God, and he loves us. So our lack of faith or weakness of faith can be a barrier to our relationship with God and can place a limitation on our calling for God and our lives. God may speak to your heart about something that he wants you to do, whether it be in serving him or whether it be just in your own personal life, and you're saying that's too much, that's too big, instead of saying, you know, screeching back and go, wait a minute, say praise God. Because what's too big, what's too large, what's too challenging is the opportunity for God to display and reveal to you his character and his power in your life. That's how we experience God. We learn to rely on him. And in relying on him, we discover his love for us, his character, and his work in and through our lives. So I want us to look at an event in Moses' life that opened up, opened up new possibilities for his life with God. And remember Moses, right? Moses, get this. So any of you 80 years old or older, Dad? Oh, no, hi. 80 years old or older? Okay, no. But look, Moses was 80 years old, right? He had been a powerful and rich prince, and now he's a poor shepherd. God wasn't done with him. God wasn't done with him. I, I know that life challenges are there. I know that physical things interfere. I know that there are things that just change our lives. But so long as we are alive this side of heaven, God has a purpose to use us for for him. Even if it's simply praying. I've seen people that can't do anything, can't move, can't talk, or whatever, but their mind is still there, and they can hear, and they're praying as believers, and prayer is so powerful. So God always has a purpose in what he's doing in and through our lives. But looking at Moses, he's 80 years old. He's no longer this great prince with great, great power. He's now a poor shepherd. And he probably thinks that that situation is going to be what his life is going to be for the rest of his life, right? He's saying, I'm going to be this shepherd out in the desert with sheep, and I'm not going to have the glory and the fame of who I was, and I'm, this is my life. This is where it's at. After all, I'm 80 years old. So at this point in Moses' life, Moses probably was not close to God. Why? Because, one, he didn't get much Jewish training in Egypt as, as, a, as a prince, right? And he didn't, uh, 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 wasn't in a Hebrew home. He was in a Midianite home, which is a whole other different story. And so God is seeing Moses now in a situation where he's, he's less prominent. He's not spiritually knowledgeable, per se. He's not trained in the ways of God's word, per se. But God has a plan for him. 
And God has a plan for each one of us, no matter where we are and whatever stage of our life is. So let's look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 first. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. How many of you would have said, I see a burning bush that's not being consumed. I'm going to go to it or run away from it. (laughs) This is too weird for me. It must be alien or whatever. And I'm running away from it. But he didn't. He was curious about it. God knew Moses' character. He knew what he was going to do with Moses. And he did not run away, but he turned to it to check it out a little bit more. In a very unique way, God catches Moses' attention. So if we see a burning bush that's not consumed, what might we think? Oh, God's getting my attention. (laughs) I don't know if we would think that way, but it would get our attention. And God had his purpose in it, right? Let's read Exodus Exodus chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, then I would have run. (laughs) Don't you think? Oh, no, now the bush is talking to me. Right? And he said, here I am. Hani in Hebrew. Here I am. Wow. Then he said, do not draw near this place. And very important here, take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. See, God watches Moses' reaction and response, and then he calls God out. Sometimes God will work in our lives in ways that will catch our attention. And it's up to us whether we want to respond to him or push back at him. And we need to be willing to not push back, but to yield to him because we're safe with God. God loves us, and he has only the best for us, and he's holy and he's just. So Moses once again responds positively, but God stops him in his tracks and asks him to take his sandals off. So there are two reasons for removals of the sandals. Sandals or shoes walk through dirt. Have you ever been at a fair wearing sandals all day in the dirt ground? Gone to the ag department and walked around? What do your toes look like at the end of the day? Not very good, right? And so the shoes collect dirt, which represents sin. It represents a form of sin. And Moses needed, needed to remove the sin of life and draw near to God. That's what we've been talking about this last few weeks. To draw closer to God is to acknowledge the barriers, remove the barriers, sin associated, circumstance associated, whatever it is that's hindering us from drawing closer to God. You're here today because God led you here today. That's why you're here. And because of that, you responded to him, and God has something for you. And he wants to talk to you about the things he has in store for you, whether it be in the service or whether it be this afternoon or whether it be just as you continue on seeking him out. He has something he wants to talk to you about, something he wants to draw you to, and that something is someone, and it's him. He wants to draw you closer to him. So, 
There's another symbolic reason to remove his sandals. Okay, besides the fact that the sandals collect dirt, which represents sin, there's another point. The Hebrew word for sandals in Exodus 3.5 is ne'alim. The root word na'al means to bar, lock, or bolt. Think about your shoes. How many of you guys wear steel-toe work boots that work all day? They're, your feet are pretty well locked in, right? And so you can kind of think of it that way. You're locked in, or you're strapped in with sandals, or you're laced up with your, your sneakers, whatever. It constrains your footing, right? Shoes are confining, and they lock our feet. And many of us enjoy, even though it's not pleasant for other people, when you get home to kick your shoes off as soon as you get home. But we like to get our shoes, our feet unlocked and, and to, to be able to relax and to be comfortable, right? So shoes bar our feet from feeling the ground and the things on, on the ground. Shoes desensitize us to what's right under our feet. You get where I'm going spiritually? God wants to sensitize us to him. He doesn't want us to be desensitized. He wants us to increase in our spiritual sensitivity and responsiveness to God. That's what he was doing with Moses, and that's what he wants to do with you and I as well. And here at the burning bush and on the holy ground, God wants Moses to remove the sin and the things that would desensitize him. God wanted Moses to physically and spiritually connect with him by having his bare feet stand right on that holy ground. Right? God wants us to be as close to him as possible by removing the barriers and being sensitive to him. So, like with Moses, God wants us to remove the limitations, the locks that keep us from the deeper connection with him. Following? Okay. So what are the limitations Moses had? Did Moses have limitations? Did God have a plan for Moses? We know the story. He had a plan for him. Moses had li limitations, kind of like I have this morning. My tongue is thicker. I seem to be tripping over it and my articulate speech pattern. But God's still getting it out. Praise God. So as I do that and... I let God do his thing. So what were the limitations that Moses had? He had spiritual, physical, emotional, and mental locks that were holding him back from fulfilling God's call on his life. And that call was to set Israel free, right? So what I want you to think about is this. God wants to unlock any type of restriction on you spiritually so that you can walk freely in his will and purpose for your life. And whatever his will and purpose is for your life, it is good. It is great. It is beyond who you are. If we are willing to embrace him. Look at Exodus 4.1. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. First thing Moses, think about Moses. He was on the run for murder. <laughs> he was not in a good standing with Pharaoh in Egypt. And he had an issue. And the first thing he thinks, they're going to reject me. What if they reject me? Right? 
But God had just finished telling Moses in, in the rest of, of chapter 3 that he would be with him and had told him exactly what to say and told him that the end result of this mission would be the Israelites would be brought back to be standing right where he was with God there at the mountain. So God already explained to him, this is what I'm calling you to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I have already told you what to say. What's the problem? First problem, uh, they might not believe me. We start analyzing ourselves and, and pushing back on God. And we need to not push back on God, but receive what God has for us to receive. So, Moses did not believe what God said about the end result. He had a lack of faith, a spiritual limitation or lock, or lock. Exodus 4.10 says this, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses had a speech impediment. He had a physical limitation or lock. In Exodus 4.13, what happens here? But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So Moses said, They're not going to hear me. They're not going to believe me. Hey, I got an idea, God. <laughs> Will you send someone else? <laughs> Trying to wiggle out of God's plan. Just absolutely. But God wanted to do great things, and he did eventually do great things. Moses expressed his desire to God, I don't want to do this. And I think a lot of believers find themselves or can find themselves in that position with God. God's already spoken. God's already spoken to you. God already has made it clear what he wants. And we, whether we like to admit it cognitively or not, will say, I don't want to. But we need to remember that God has a plan. God has a purpose. God knows the future. God knows who we are. God knows our strengths and our weaknesses. And, and the, again, the greater thing is our weaknesses. Paul said, I glory in my infirmities, for when I'm weak, then I'm made strong. So when we see our weaknesses, we're holding on to the things that God, I can't, I can't, I can't, because, 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 here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. We're, we're stepping back or pushing back from what great things God wants to do in our lives, no matter what age we are. And we need to be responsive to God in that. Moses' fear of going back or lack of confidence to do what was asked point to an emotional or mental limitation or block. We can be there. We can emotionally distress ourselves about what God wants to do. And we can, we can have that conflict within our own heart. But God wants to resolve that conflict. He wants to remove that barrier. He wants us to have the freedom to have the fullness of the Spirit of God working in and through our lives for his glory. Now, each time God patiently gave Moses the key to unlock him from the possibilities and future that God had for him. When Moses finally trusted and obeyed God, he removed those locks or limitations on his life. Moses gave his objections or his concerns or his logic or his emotion and God, in turn, gave the key or the answer on how to get past those things. God will give that to us. But how do we acknowledge that? What I mean by this is this. 
if we're seeking God, Moses was still seeking God, but he didn't like what God was saying. <laughs> but he was seeking him. And then God told him the answers to his concern. It was up to him to continue to seek him to yield to what God's will was. And he did. We know that. God did mighty things through Moses. And I'm sure Moses would never have imagined what God had for him as a shepherd in the field with sheep and his non-prestigious status as a poor shepherd, 80 years old, had no idea what God wanted to do with him. But God had a plan. God definitely had a plan. But that's what happens when you unlock the possibilities and have faith in the infinite God that loves you. Did you hear that? When we are willing to continue to seek after, to listen, and to resolve our issues before God, and let God give us the answers to unlock us from those barriers, we will discover the infinite power of God working in our lives in ways that we've never seen before. And you have to throw it in here. You can go to infinity and beyond. <laughs> and God, I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, a cartoon type thinking, you know, infinity and beyond, you know. But as a spirit, as a Christian in, in, in the Holy Spirit working in our lives, he will take us beyond what we ever thought possible in our life as we follow him. And he'll be glorified and we'll grow in faith. But I have a question to ask you beyond your capabilities or take you beyond your capabilities when you're challenged by God, if you've been challenged by God before, to pursue him beyond your abilities, what does that do for you? Is that scary to you? Or is it exciting to you because of the possibilities? Or is it a little of both? Regardless of where you stand in that, pursue God and see what God wants to do. So what can't you imagine God doing through you? Kind of an odd question. We don't know what God can do through us. But God can do great things that we never thought possible, like Moses. And so let God shape us and make us and use us to be the people he wants us to be. What are your infinite possibilities in God when you are close to him on holy ground? You know, with God, all things are possible. We see that in Matthew 19, 26. With God, all things are possible. So here's the key. Take off your locks and stand close to him on his holy ground. Take off the things you know that, that cause a barrier between you and God. And then stand on holy ground. What does that mean? It means be sensitive to the spirit of God in your life. Make that more of a, a, a definitive objective in your walk with Jesus. I want to be more aware of you. And to do that, I'm going to acknowledge whatever you tell me to, to remove those barriers, and then I'm going to cling close to you so I can be aware of you that much more intently. That's what God desires for us. He wants us to know him more intently. How many of you ever read the wonderful book of, Le of, of Leviticus? It is a wonderful book, honestly. There is a lot in there. But in that book, we see the description of a Levite priest's clothing. But they never mentioned the shoes of the priest. Only all the other garments. Because the priest served in the temple barefoot. <laughs> they unlocked their feet and they were connected as close to God as possible. 
I'm not talking about worshiping the earth or the ground. I'm saying there's a symbolism there of being uh, uh, free in God, free of, uh, of, of unconfessed sin, available to God and who we are, and intentionally sensitive to God. And that's what God wants us to be. God wants his people close, connected, and sensitive to him and spending time on his holy ground. If we truly believe our God is infinite, beyond searching, vast in power and knowledge, then we need to have faith and believe he will do whatever he has said. One of the richest, not one of, but the, the times that I look in my walk with God that is so rich is when I know that God has spoken to me. And in him speaking to me, that I know that what he says that he will do. If I've gone to him with an issue that's overwhelming to me, I don't know how to get through it, I don't know how to resolve it, that, that, that I've gone before him and I hear him say, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. What do I do with that? Do I push it away? Do I say, oh, thank you, or do I rest in that? We thank him and we rest in it. Say, Lord, thank you. You told me you're going to take care of this because you're God, because you're holy, because you don't lie, because who you are is who you are. I can trust in your power, and you said you're going to take care of it. Can't wait to see how you're going to do it, but I'm going to rest in you. There's a freedom in that. There's an absolute freedom in our walk with God when we rest in the power of God and handling, handling things that are far greater and far larger than who we are. But it's not just those things I'm talking about. It's also those times when God tells you that he wants you to do something that you know is beyond your ability. And it scares you to death. But when we do what God wants us to do, we go in his strength. When we say to God, God, it scares me to death because I don't think I'm capable. And God says, you're not and I am, so rely on me and see me do my work through you. <laughs> right? And that's what he wants. That's what he wants. So we're to believe in our, that our God is infinite, beyond searching, vast in power and knowledge. Then we need to have faith and believe he will do whatever he has said. Don't base or degrade God's abilities and follow through on your limitations or lack of faith. We need to make sure that we acknowledge God, believe God and his abilities, follow through on what God has us to do, trust God with what our limitations are to experience his infinite power beyond our limitations and have faith. Once you have drawn close to God and have heard him speak to you, have faith in your infinite God and what he can do not what you can do. I don't know if I can, I got one more verse and a, and a couple of phrases to, to say and we're close. But the intent of this message has been if we as believers can live in the impossible with God. Does that make any sense? In other words, when we see things that are impossible for us that we can by faith joyfully say God is possible. God will take care of this, and I'm going to trust him in that circumstance and whatever his will is. I'm going to trust him to provide whatever I need that I, that's impossible for me to have. 
I'm going to trust him to be the strength and grace and power in my life that I don't have in myself. I know that God can do this. Instead of living below that, instead of living and in, in where, where we are um, not exercising the uh, exponential power of God in our life, but just living living kind of in a, a casual life. But when we can look with confidence and say, God's going to take care of it. I don't know how, but I know he will. It's impossible, but I know he will. When we start living with that type of focus on God, we start living in a new realm in our spiritual walk. But it all takes us letting down the barriers, removing the barriers, intentionally becoming more intent on being close to God, sensitive to God, hearing what he says when he speaks to us, and believing that God will do what he says, and having that confidence and joy in him. So, once you've drawn close to God and have heard him speak to you, have faith in your infinite God and what he can do, not what you can do. What, Je- what does Jesus tell us in Matthew 17, 20? 17, 20? So Jesus said to him, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. We're not saying to God, God, this is what I want. I know you can do it. Therefore, I believe it. Therefore, you're going to do it. Mm -mm. We're saying to God, God, I know what you said. I know what you can do. And I'm trusting you to do what you say. That's the faith. And we rely on them. We only have have to have faith the size of a mustard seed. And impossible things can be done with God. Think about that for just a moment before I quote the last phrase. If we are willing to walk by the faith of a mustard seed, so whatever the challenge is that's before us, if we will just say, I'm going to trust you. That's the faith of a mustard seed. And let God do what he does. Let him go, wow, did you see that? <laughs> you know. Then we can look back on our walk in Christ and go, that's a spiritual marker in my life. This experience happened and God took care of it. And wow, did God do it? And wow, is God great? And we grow even more in him. So remove your locks, have faith in your infinite God, and go to infinity and beyond. That's the walk God wants us to walk. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for each person here today. Thank you for your, your sweet blessings, your presence, for each person here, for each person listening to this message online, each person that will be listening to it. And I trust you, Father, to do your work in and through this message that we as your people will be a people that walk in the joy of the impossible of what God can do in and through our lives for his glory. And may we just praise you because of that. In Jesus' name, amen.